Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you have a story you'd like to share with us about something paranormal, a cryptid like Bigfoot, a ghost, a UFO, you can email us, strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. Episode 201. Hey, I have a cryptid question. I have a cryptid answer. I don't think you do. Because <laughs> it's sort of like don't. a psychic cryptid question. Okay. What do you think the next big cryptid will be? Hmm... Like, because I feel like they all have a, a, like, sort of a distinct era. They do kind of each have their moment. Yeah. You know? Do you consider Bigfoot and Dogman to be, like, kind of of the same thing? I hope I'm not offending anyone, but <laughs> I don't feel like Dogman should even be on the same stage as Bigfoot. Well, me either, but <laughs> what I'm saying is Bigfoot kind of had its moment yeah. uh, with, like, finding Bigfoot and the, you know, kind of yeah. pop cultural popularity there and then it seemed like dogman was like creeping up with a lot of like yeah, dogman but i don't stories. feel like like in popular culture dogman has caught on the way bigfoot has. no nothing ever will yeah i mean but it did have its moment mm-hmm. and then i feel like bigfoot overshadowed it again i think we need an entirely new a new cryptid a new cryptid you want to make a call call something in or no no i do not want to call anything in <laughs> you know what is there well, i tell you after. what we can do it's a good place to start we're at mm-hmm. episode 201 okay we can keep track of the cryptid stories we get over the next 100 episodes, and we'll see if there's a trend. Okay. My feeling is kind of like Bigfoot's always in style because it's always there in a sense. 
the same way ghosts are always yeah like people have been seeing ghosts for yeah exactly now, of course the same applies to werewolves and dogmen if if they are indeed the same thing but i mean like about. i feel like aliens had a real boom yeah and then they people just aren't as into aliens as they used to be but you know it is a little cyclical because bigfoot yeah. had a boom before then too that's true so maybe we'll get the aliens like i would back. feel like 70s bigfoot 80s and 90s aliens and we're getting some like 90s nostalgia now so maybe we'll get the aliens back we're gonna get flannel man back oh the 90s nostalgia (laughs) flannel man never leaves either no he never really does he's eternal on tonight's show we'll be talking about none of those things well kind of grays a little bit (laughs) okay grays grays are worked in there a little bit we'll be talking with barry who has this really strange experience where his partner wakes him up and then immediately goes back to sleep. Oh, I can get behind that. <laughs> like, I'm going to check out of whatever's about to go on. Yes. Wakes him up into this weirdness with these, you know, bedroom invaders or we saw, you know, whatever you want to call it. But there's them. sort of a, a redemptive quality, I feel, to this story where it like for all the, the fear and scariness. Yeah. At the end, it becomes... Um, really incredible yes it's one of my favorite stories of recent times yeah me too yeah as soon as i heard it i was like are you gonna put that on next week it's a fantastic story excellent story as far as bedroom invader stories this one's like really neat it just has this this neat twist well i like the idea of them being sort of a a conduit to maybe a, a more positive outcome than just being under the covers forever right so we'll get to barry in just a minute before we do that Want to mention our friends at 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. And all the puppies working on day 45 through 87. <laughs> all about to become perfect. All puppies are perfect. <laughs> 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you and your puppy become perfect for each other. They have online sources, video lessons, a secret Facebook group where you can interact with other puppy owners. And of course, they have one-on-one options available as well. You can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you understand how your dog thinks and apply proactive training methods. Whether you're having trouble with leash training or crate training, hyperactivity issues, if your puppy is chewing on furniture or shoes or other things your puppy shouldn't be chewing on, if you're having issues with barking, fear and nervousness, potty training mouthing and biting, whatever issues you're having with your puppy, and 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you. They can teach you what to do, and also perhaps more importantly, they can teach you what not to do. Is that at sithappens.us? Yes, it is. (laughs) Find 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy at sithappens.us. Look for the link at the top of the page. All right, let's get to our interview with Barry. He talks about this encounter with the bedroom invaders or whatever they were that we talked about before he also talks about some ghost encounters and some more besides so let's go ahead and hear my talk with barry okay tonight we're talking with barry who's got some stories to share with us about the paranormal coming into your life, whether you want to ignore it or not. Is that about the best way to phrase it, Barry? 
Yeah, that's actually uh, uh, pretty pretty close to to exact. Um, I was listening to yours and Allison's episode on Houdini, and it kind of kind of touched a couple of chords, which is interesting because I just finished that episode uh, today, and and sort of he tried to discount the paranormal, but I think Allison made a really good case that it, it never really left him in a lot of ways, and and I think that's kind of a neat little parallel. Not, I don't want to, I would never presume to be someone as great as Harry Houdini, but uh, it resonated. Well, yeah, that's. I, th- I think that's the the wonderful thing about these stories is we dig up these old stories, whether they were famous people or not. Sometimes they just have so much resonance with either something going on personally or something going on in the world today. That's one of the reasons we love doing it. But let's hear worked. let's hear your oh, story, sorry. Barry. Yeah. So just a bit of background, this outrageous accent. I'm from Canada um, and uh, grew up in the prairies of Canada. So if I use any figures of speech or turns of phrase, my apologies if I confuse you. But yeah, I spent um, most of my childhood kind of being interested in in all things sort of spiritual and supernatural. I was raised in a, a Roman Catholic family and um, we were we were relatively devout and so i think to some degree my perception of of the supernatural was painted with a bit of fear um mm-hmm. and 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 that's a bit of a misunderstanding i think but it's it's really hard to sort of deprogram yourself and so i've always sort of had this sense about me where i just kind of know if a situation is going south and i can usually pull shoot or or get out of it pretty quickly and that I think, you know, now that I've kind of looked back, it's sort of how I've managed to avoid, I think, a lot of paranormal things. Like, I'll look down into a basement and I'll be like, nope. Or, you know, <laughs> friends will be like, hey, let's go check out this cave. I hear they saw a thing and I'll just get outside of it and be like, yeah, nope, nope, I'm done. <laughs> and just, I'll just tap right out kind of thing. So You I need a chat in your life. <laughs> I do. I do. Every time I hear, like, let's just go a little further or something, like, I'm just like, oh, gosh. Because like, I'm the guy going, yeah, that's far enough. And Chad's like, well, we'll just go a little further. Let's just go up here and look at these lights. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm the one saying, Chad, folklore everywhere in the world says, do not follow the lights. He's like, well, we'll just follow them a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and maybe that's like a... You know, maybe that's another area where we can kind of bridge things that that human beings have sort of a spiritual evolution to, uh, you know, don't go swimming in the crocodile infested Limpopo River. It's sort of the same idea of like, don't follow the lights because you end up in fairyland and you may never come back. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that that's kind of a thing, but it, I spent kind of a, a fair bit of time being very much away from all things spiritual and, and paranormal. It was kind of through my my 20s. I'm in my late 30s now. It was a process that kind of needed to happen, and it's not really that germane to what we're talking about. But needless to say, I spent probably a good 15 years just ignoring all things spiritual. I'd left the Roman Catholic Church, just kind of moved away from it all. And uh, I don't really know what exactly compelled me back kind of thinking about it again. I've uh, I've since kind of found a stable career and, and a stable life and, and maybe idle hands and stuff. I, I too podcast, but again, not uh, not anything to do with the paranormal. So my interest actually kind of came from listening to a couple of your shows, a couple of Soraya's shows. Um, shout out to him for that as well. And um, then just unfortunately, uh, as of this month, I, I went through a, a pretty rough year. Um, I lost uh, my grandmother, two aunts, and a brother in as many months. Wow. And um, yeah, it really, really took my legs out from under me. And I had a pretty profound experience. And, you know, you think about things being brought on by grief and everything like that. You know, you can kind of think that maybe to some degree it is just your grief speaking to you. And maybe it's just a psychological response or something along those lines. But, uh, 
after my brother had died, I had a, I had a an encounter um, that basically it's, uh, I was woken up uh, by my partner who was actually elbowing me to wake me up saying like, Hey, you've got to wake up. And I'm kind of like, like, what are you talking about? And um, I looked over and uh, she's still asleep, like dead, like just completely gone. And, and I mean, she can sleep through like a tactical strike. Like you really have to wake her up in the morning uh, to get moving and stuff like that. So for that to have happened, it was really just kind of strange, just off the hob. But then I had this sudden impression that, and this is weird, but maybe not. Uh, I just had this impression that there were like gray aliens in my bedroom, like with me. Hmm. And I was very compelled to just leave, just get out of the room as fast as I possibly could. So I booked it out of there and I, I abandoned my partner and my two dogs, which <laughs> I feel kind of bad about, but I had to go. And so I went into the kitchen and I ended up just kind of free writing and I had sort of a, a connection with my brother. The connection was pretty personal and I, I don't have the anything written down and, and I, I'm not sure if I'm prepared to share it just yet to the entire world, but he, he definitely made contact um, in the best way he knew how. And it was very much sort of a primal thing. He had a very severe cerebral palsy and epilepsy, so he couldn't walk or talk. So he spent most of his life sort of in a shell itself. But um, he spent from, he died at 41, um, but from about 24 onward, he'd had severe bouts of pneumonia over and over again. And uh, it was very rough on, on him, but uh, he did flatline once or twice. And when he spent time, you know, not here, he did come back a very different person, a lot more cheerful and everything like that. So that kind of was the experience that made me start thinking like, what did I just see? What did I just experience? You know, am I able to even you know comprehend what just happened or is this just me crippled with grief and i guess maybe the answer is yes to everything but what kind of got me was i started talking with my mom and she was like well finally it's good something like this has happened to you and i'm kind of like well you know what and and we started just kind of unloading all of these paranormal stories that i had just kind of forgotten or or maybe kind of pressed out of my brain and so it ended up sending me on a quest to to reconnect with some old friends and ask them some questions about what um, they had experienced kind of with me. And yeah, it's been quite the the thing. So I, what I want to do is maybe just record this in case I forget it again, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So the genesis of this, or the, the beginning of this, we have to go back a little bit because it's yeah. kind of amazing here. <laughs> uh, so your partner wakes you up. Yeah. But when you wake up, She's asleep. She's gone, like out like a light. Wow. That is, so she, she was up just long enough to wake you up, essentially. Well, and here's the thing. She has a, a innate premonitory sense. And this is, again, like, Tim, this is, this is how just bonkers, spiritually lobotomized I am sometimes. <laughs> um, we're driving one time to, to pick up some, some mail at the post office, and we're going through an intersection and she goes, Oh, look out, watch out for all the, the, the car parts. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like I'm driving. There's a, there's a whole bunch of responsibility in front of me that I'm well aware of. There's nothing in front of us. It's, it's nighttime, but I can still see the road. Mm-hmm. So we're going and nothing. And then on our way back, there's been a gigantic crash there. Oh, and, wow. and, and so she sort of has these little premonitory things. And, and so when I actually told her about my brother, his name is Kent, uh, by the way, she was saying like, she's like, I really wanted to tell you, but like, there's been a man standing in our living room for the last like three days, but I didn't want you to think I was crazy. Oh, wow. So 
the, yeah, no, she's she's got a very very deep well, and um, I, I don't want to necessarily trample uh, in in areas that I'm not uh, authorized to go. <laughs> sure. So this is a new twist on that thing we talk about, where people wake up to these, you know, bedroom invaders, nighttime invaders, whatever we call them, and uh, they can't wake up their spouse or their partner next to them. This is kind of a new twist on that, where. She woke up long enough to wake you up. Yeah. Like, hey, this is for you. You get up now. This is for you. And she goes back to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it was, it, I mean, it's, it happened to me. So, it, you know, like when things happen to you, you can kind of rationalize it. But everyone I've told this story to, they're like, that's the, that's the craziest part. Like <laughs> the fact that, that she really was just sort of serving as a medium to wake me up. Right. You right. know? So, when you have this impression that greys are in the room with you, mm-hmm. why? Have you had experiences with them before? or The only thing I can think of is the year earlier, I'd, I'd, uh, uh, we'd actually seen some lights um, heading back from a triathlon. My, my, my partner is also a, a triathlete among her other talents. Um, but uh, we saw a light kind of sort of floating in the sky um, as we were driving on the highway, and it kind of dipped between some clouds and bobbed around and it just didn't work for the way the light was. It didn't work for like drone height. And it clearly wasn't an airplane because it wasn't acting like an airplane. It was bobbing more than it was moving. And then it went behind a cloud. And then she asked, you know, do you think we'll see it again? And then I said, I, you know, I hope so. And then lo and behold, within a few moments, poof, it comes back out again. So we just thought that was funny. And there was a point where she was like leaning over the driver's seat as I'm driving, trying to watch this thing. And she's like, well, you know, I don't want people to get the wrong idea. So she sat back up and we just sort of ignored it and it disappeared. So yeah, there's, that would be the only thing I could, I could really think about specifically. There was another light experience I had with my two dogs when I was renovating part of the basement. Again, just sort of like a big fuzzy light went by um, and it just, it scared the crap out of my little dog um, who's sick right now. And my bigger dog, I had to like carry in like a suitcase because she's just oblivious to practically anything. Yeah, it was just kind of a weird light I saw. But yeah, there was never anything specific outside of that that I could really right. tie tie any of this to for, for the greys other than, I don't know, I have a Jacques Vallée book somewhere, The Challenge to Science, that sometimes I read from time to time. Like mm-hmm. that would be... And I mean, like, I find I find aliens interesting. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I listen to, I mean, I've recently been listening to a lot of stuff about aliens and the fact that, or not the fact, but the premise or the thought that this is all connected, um, mm-hmm. that none of this is specifically, you know, these are not non-overlapping things. They They are actually, I think, and I think you've kind of helped me work this out that what we're dealing with is something beyond our dimension, beyond our, our understanding, beyond everything and, and what it's after, I don't think we're ever going to really know. Yeah, certainly not fully. I, I don't think so. Wow. That, I mean, th- what a stunning thing just to kick off uh, your story <laughs> with. And, I, you know, I don't want to miss the rest of your story by, by dwelling too much on this, but I'm wondering the impression of the Greys, do you think it was that you were influenced by this reading and you felt a presence there and you thought it must be Grays, or do you feel like there's something more that was indicating to you that it was Grays? I'm a firm believer in the perception equals reality idea um, mm-hmm. that, that you can really kind of invent your, your reality. And so I think 
a lot of it must have to do with my cultural upbringing. I think whatever it is needs a bit of us to kind of fill the gaps. Like it's like how they made dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, right? They use like the DNA of a frog to like make the animal make the dinosaur again because there were holes in the DNA. I, I often think that, you know, if we're experiencing lights or we're seeing Bigfoot, we're, we're closing a circuit for a short period of time and our perception has to go into to that. And so that's kind of what I've landed on, that this is purely, you know, the way it was able to convey to me, get the hell out of the room because someone needs to talk to you in the kitchen, you know, is kind of what I'm thinking, you know, because... <laughs> They didn't move. They didn't go anywhere. And, and to be frank, like when I was running past and I was running, they, I didn't look. I, I wasn't interested in, in spending any time with them because my only connection to people who have experienced greys typically are not pleasant stories. And right. I did not want to I didn't want to spend any time with them. No, yeah, thanks. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe that's what it had to be to get you to move then. You know? Well, it got me moving. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and I guess like I'm sorry if my voice is wavering a bit, but yeah, like this, it, it takes me every time I talk about this. Actually, and the last time I talked about it, I was I was chatting with my mom. She's like, "Stop shaking," and I'm like, "I just can't." And and I have to say, like, when I got into the kitchen, it was my first verifiably definite experience of high strangeness. I can't say I haven't felt it before now that I kind of have this context, but. I guess like you just kind of feel like there's static in the air, you know, it, it was amped, everything was amped. And, mm-hmm. and then, yeah. And then, and then Kent, um, I mean, he really just wanted to talk about mom, um, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, and then again, I, I can't go too much into that because it sort of delves into some family history and stuff. Sure. Like that. Yeah. But, and without giving the personal details and so forth, did he come through in the form of like automatic writing or, or did you hear a voice or, you know, it was automatic writing. Yeah. Um, He came right out of my left hand at, at, at astonishing rates. Um, And so I scrawled it out and and now I'm realizing that, yeah, the the papers, I think I left it at my mom's house, um, which is a ways away from here because the other thing is, is like, I couldn't be near what he had, had written um, because it was, I, I almost wonder if maybe at one point I might want to talk to to someone who who would know better about that sort of stuff because like for lack of I, I am such an amateur at all of this but there is something kind of and the word is is maybe I'm using it wrong but like Fortean there's a Crowley esque kind of feel to it I, I mean it feels like a I don't know it's spooky like it's not normal writing like he talks about being like like weird colors and 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 stuff and so it was there were certain points where i was just kind of like this isn't anything that i have any any context for so like it's really hard to know if maybe i was just scrambling and just writing whatever or if maybe i'm dealing with something more so the key is though is is the way he presented himself to me was it was kind of like the way he and I would communicate because like, so he, he had due to his condition, like he was hunched over quite a bit um, in his wheelchair and stuff like that. And so he had, uh, he had some pretty bad vision for a long time and then he had cataracts uh, at a very young age and it's just wear and tear, right? Like um, it's kind of how it works if you're that severely disabled. Mm -hmm. And so like the way he and I would greet each other is I'd get right up in his face so he could see me. Now that always would bear a risk because he also had the best Glasgow kiss out there. He could headbutt you, and I, I took years of karate and I've never been hit harder than my brother. Wow. And when he hits you, he knows if, if he hits you in public, he, he can't 
like you can't hit back. Actually, I, I, if I could divert really quick to a very funny story. Sure. Um, yeah. I was walking him one Christmas. He and I had like a Christmas walk story or thing that we would do. Sorry. Where, where yeah, we would have this whole kind of uh, like I'd take him for a little Christmas walk and, you know, we would talk and we would, I would sing or, you know, whatever, you know, just or just be goofs. And so he was bucking really hard in his wheelchair one year. And um, his his wheelchair had a, a a table that you could like slide on and off on a little track, mm-hmm. but its other sort of function I don't know if it was necessarily intentional, but it kind of acted like a, a a stop to if he ever rolled forward or or you know kind of tipped funny, and so he's bucking and the way our streets are they kind of have that dip in the driveway and he bucked right in time so that I just got a whole crotch full of wheelchair and it hurt. And so I pulled him back and I swatted him on the back of the head because he's my brother and I knew he did it on purpose. But the lady across the street who saw us was was just a gape. Like her eyes were wide. She looked at me and I just booked it out of there and I I, I rounded a corner. Friends of the family had a nice big hedgerow. So I just booked it for their house and (laughs) turned the corner because I was embarrassed. Kent just started laughing. Like he, he was like, oh, oh, oh. Like he just thought it was the funniest thing. So his and my relationship has always been sort of violent, I guess, in, in a brotherly way. And, and I have to say like that connection to him was forceful. Like he was, he had to impress on me. And, and I guess like the one thing is, is it didn't seem like he was very concerned. He, he mentioned the fact that there wasn't a wheel for him to travel on and there wasn't a cube for him to like sleep in or something like that. And then that was always a really fascinating connection too, because that's him saying I'm out of the wheelchair and I'm out of the bed. You know, I'm not in those places anymore. Um, He he never told me where, but he's not there anymore. And I think he's really impressed. (laughs) Oh, wow. In other words, that came through in the writing. Yeah. That night. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow, this is a stunning turn. <laughs> no, it really is. To have someone have one of these, you know, awakening and to be woken in the way that you were, and then to just immediately go and I'm assuming you don't practice automatic writing as a matter of course. No, no, but I'm I'm thinking I might uh, I might pick it up. Who knows, right? Um, right. Well, actually, so previous to this, it wasn't a thing you did. So. No, I mean when I was a teenager, I used to write like like poetry, you know, like mm-hmm. angry, angsty teenage poetry that kind of came out fast. I was in a band and stuff uh, and whatnot, but um, I never. I know I don't know. Like my my interest typically manifests in music mostly, and and I mean I draw, but like. Again, it's just sort of goofy crap that that I just find interesting. And I mean, I I watch a ton of Star Trek. Like, that's pretty much my life. So, Hmm. yeah. (laughs) Wow. Really, really stunning. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so this sort of opens your third eye to hindsight, in a sense. And you, yeah. start, you start looking back at, at other events. Yeah, so I, I guess like just kind of in that, that period of time, I was, I was basically trying to get a handle on what I saw and, and see if I was crazy or not. Because like, that's always sort of a thing, right? Where, you know, I, I did see a psychologist after my brother died. And, and I really think that's a, a super important thing if people have the means to be able to do that. Um, if you break your leg, you go to the doctor, you know, like, mm-hmm. got to look after yourself. And, and I'm really glad that I did that because that, that really helped me that way too. But yeah, so I ended up just chatting with like old friends. Uh, I ended up chatting with with my mom quite a bit about sort of the experiences I had as a little kid. And that was sort of an interesting thing. My basement, uh, my family, unfortunately, my mom and dad were kind of off and on. There wasn't a a lot of stability uh, between them. But, um, you know, we may do and and whatnot. But uh, the basement had this one back room that we had a lot of sort of storage. And a lot of that storage kind of belonged to my dad. And it sort of just had an energy about it that... You know, I'd always ask my mom to turn the lights on for me in the basement and and stuff when I was a little kid. And I was trying to sort of go back and and I'd I'd asked her what sort of like, I remember the house being freaky and she's like, well, yeah, like, duh. So (laughs) she tells me one night or one time, like basically when I was a little kid, I was screaming at a Sega game or something because it wasn't working. I was in a, I was a petulant child when it came to video games, so I don't (laughs) play them anymore. But apparently the laundry room door next to this kind of freaky room just opened on its own. And I was up the stairs before I touched the floor because I did not want to know what was on the other side of that. And so later in my life, I, I, I attributed that to maybe sort of like convection when the oven or not, well, it's not the oven, uh, when the uh, furnace turns on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of ruled that out. But one, actually, um, my stepdad, when he had moved into the house, he sort of declared that that room needed to be clean because it did have a lot of you know, ghosts in it, I guess you could say. And so he told me to to get a couple friends to come over and maybe we can, you know, just, you know, hand bomb everything out of there and then just get it out of our lives. And so I was like, sure. So I had uh, two of my friends come over, strapping young lads, they were, and we all go down into the basement and the door is shut. And we noticed that the the cable, like the television cable cord has been just pinched like completely because the cable cord went through that room and then out of the house to the transformer and onward. And, and so it was, you know, kind of hard to understand that like who would do that. You, we've basically just broken our cable cord. And so my, my stepdad comes down and he's going to just open the door, but it's locked. And I've never, we, we never had cause to lock that door. It never really shut, just sort of was its own thing. And so he ended up, you know, we don't have the key. There was like a little keyhole for it. And so we just had to figure it out. And so we're trying to get it off by the hinges. And, and one of my friends has a pair of needle nose pliers trying to just like tear the lockout. And I don't really know how much of a help he was in that respect, but <laughs> we got the door out and had to use a crowbar to pop it open. And when we had opened the door, we got hit by a blast of cold. 
which was kind of interesting. Yeah. That actually led me to another experience that I'm sort of mad at myself for forgetting because I could have told it so many times. In my university days, a young lady, I'm going to just call her Amy, just because it's a name I used to know another Amy. So if she ever hears this, sorry, but (laughs) (laughs) we're good. Um, But anyway, I'm just using Amy because that's the name I I used in our our chat. I invited her over after some some courting. Uh, We were going to have dinner and a movie at my house. And so we were downstairs uh, after dinner and we're watching uh, Superman Returns. And um, we're getting midway through. And the way the, the basement is set, that weird room that has since been completely cleaned right out is right behind us. So the couch is sort of to the back of it. And it's a, a good, like, uh, what do you Americans would say, like maybe seven or eight feet to the, okay. to the, yeah, that's about, about two and a half meters, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> metric <laughs> system. Yeah, two and a half meters, if you guys know what that is. I think that's about seven or eight feet. Yeah, somewhere in there. Uh, somewhere in there. Anyway, so she's seeming a little bit not interested in, in, in anything kind of a little agitated. So, you know, I'm not really doing much. We're just watching the show. But I'm also now starting to feel a little bit uneasy. And so I looked over my shoulder and there was like a black mass just back there. It wasn't, it wasn't like there was no shape to it. It just seemed darker. And I turned to her and she's like, um, I'm not happy <laughs> uh, being down here. And I'm like, no, neither am I. Let's get out of here now. Um, and so we end up going upstairs and we're just sort of waiting around. And, and I was like, well, I've got a TV, you know, in my room being some suave 20 something college kid. Right. Um, I've got a TV in my room. We can, we can watch there or something. And she's like, okay, fine. So we go there and turn on the, sh- uh, turn on the show and there's a noise coming from the basement and it's, it's my, my basement bathroom sink. Uh, the faucet is on full blast. Oh, wow. And there was no, like neither of us had gone to the bathroom down there and, and trust me, like I, I have a date over. I'm I'm not going to show her the basement bathroom, right? That's right. for that's for friends of over 15 years or more. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Those places are terrifying. So, yeah, no, but it's on, and so I'm like, okay, like first of all, like we are out of this house, but also I don't want to like flood my basement. So someone, I I'm going to have to figure this out. I'm going to have to put some some armor on and and go downstairs and and turn this faucet off. And so I'm going down the stairs and just swearing to myself the whole way and, and just feeling and thinking about it now, like thinking back very reminiscent to when I was in the kitchen with Kent, that staticky, you know, almost like, I feel like, like a magnet repelling to Mm -hmm. him. Like Mm -hmm. you just don't, I just don't want to be there. And so I'm going, going, finally I get to around the corner where again, the laundry room is and there's the bathroom through the like through the laundry room and i just i hopped as best as i could right into the bathroom shut the faucet off and i'm rounding the bend and i'm going back up the stairs as fast as i could and something compelled me to stop and i made out just a shape a, a humanoid figure and by that point amy was ready to to get out the the back door anyway i was heading up onto the landing we got into my car and just got the heck out of there that was really scary. Thinking back now, I'm like, wow, like, yeah, that was a weird thing. And now here's the thing that was over seven years ago. How much of this is a constructed memory at this point? I think the details themselves pretty much are, are where they were. But, you know, I mean, it is a little bit farther away from me. But what kind of has always sort of rung in my head was a friend of mine who uh, I went to university with. 
um, had actually dated her as well and said that she was quote unquote a lightning rod for for weird sh- uh, sh you know <laughs> stuff so yeah that that was kind of my house encounters that i had as a kid i don't know if we want to take a pause there's a couple more stories that uh, center around a, an old elementary friend of mine but uh, sure maybe yeah I'll just... yeah so the black mass you saw was something was there in other words like yeah, yeah, it just seemed it just seemed like there was a shadow there. Like mm-hmm. something had like a casted shadow or just something something that you know like when you're looking at a TV and then you like turn and look away, you know, you can see the gl- the blue glow. Mm-hmm. And there's just a darker spot and it was in the doorway of that weird room that, you know, had a lot of very negative family history. Yeah. Yeah, see that's an interesting detail. Like, you know, when you say, you know, there were ghosts in there that needed to be cleaned out, they obviously metaphorical ghosts in that sense. But still, that's a, that's a very interesting detail. Well, there one time when I was very young, the former owners of the house actually like came over sort of randomly. I was uh, I was home alone. I don't know where my parents were. I would have been maybe about 15 or 16. And they showed me where they'd written their name under the stairway. Uh, I wish I would have had the presence of mind to ask them about that back room because in a, a, a detail that would have come from their time there is someone had put on these like 1960s style horror tattoos that one would maybe put on their skin. Mm-hmm. But they just would never come off. You could scratch them. Like you'd literally just have to score them out the wall. And they were, they were creepy. They were creepy to look at. And they always kind of made me feel uneasy. Huh. And I don't know if it was like a connotation to that room, but dang, I wish I, I wish I would have had the, the presence of mind to ask them some questions about just sort of that room. Yeah. Yeah. That would be very, very interesting. I'll kind of go back a bit further. A, a, a very dear friend of mine who actually I was in a band with for a long time. Um, she had a house that was actually the, the original farmhouse of the sort of the area that our city was kind of built around. And uh, so it would have dated back to, and for you Pennsylvania folks, you, you will scoff at this. Uh, it dates back to like the 1920s. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I'm from the Western prairies where anything over 100 years is considered an, an oddity. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we tear everything down here, sadly. But uh, her house was always sort of, you know, a lot of sort of reported experiences and, and weird things happening. And I went to a high school as well that was renowned for some hauntings that uh, I'll kind of finish this off with. But um, I was very, uh, not a very studious uh, student, which makes makes it kind of funny that I'm, I'm in education now. Um, but isn't that kind of how it goes, I wonder? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's like matter needs antimatter. Right. Um, so I started with the antimatter. <laughs> but anyways, uh, she always sort of had these stories to tell about her house uh, and, and she and her younger brother would like write this entity in their house notes and it would reply. Um, oh. Like they showed me a notepad that had this scrawled, you know, letters like hello on it and stuff like that and, uh, and whatnot. And, and the parents even complained of, of weird things like, you know, tools uh, in the house going missing or moving around. Um, the younger brother reported, you know, uh, his toy cars darting across the floor and, and stuff like this house was active for whatever reason. Um, I just sort of always found that kind of fascinating, but also something I never really wanted to get too stuck into because it kind of made me feel uneasy. 
but uh, I was really bad at math. And so my friend, she, she offered to tutor me, which was very kind of her. And I do credit her with getting me through school <laughs> in a lot of cases there. But I, I had like art pencils with me because I was very into drawing at the time. And that's what I was using for, for my math. Right? I was just using my art pencils in this nice little like Stadler you know, art eraser, those nice big kind of white ones with mm-hmm. the little blue cardboard around them. I have one sitting in front of me. There you go. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, whatever it would have looked like in like 1999, I guess is kind of when this happened. And so anyways, I, I kind of dared this, this ghost to do something because it had a tendency of stealing objects. Um, it would, it would take objects all the time. I guess I might've buried the lead a bit, but the, it took the eraser and we never found it. And like, we were in the kitchen at like the grocery whiteboard while my friend is like writing, um, you know, balancing equations and stuff like that for like chemistry or something for me, you know, we're just trying to get through the numbers and everything. And, and it's not like, it's not like we were walking around or doing anything. This eraser just vanished from the table and, you know, she had a linoleum floor, like a tile floor or something where, you know, you'd be able to spot something like that. Yeah, no, it just never returned. Huh. So that was kind of neat. And uh, I wonder, I, I wonder if I could ever coax her to come on your show, because I'm sure she's got much more interesting stories in that respect. Yeah, I would love to uh, hear about this writing the notes thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I saw the the writing, but that's the thing is like, I'm that guy who like sees it third hand is kind of how I've always felt. Hmm. <laughs> But uh, where I'll kind of uh, kind of end uh, the the main part of all my my stories here is uh, I went to a school um, that was a performing uh, like in a visual arts kind of school. So it was very uh, I, I learned how to be a person there, uh, a genuine person in a lot of ways, and, and learned a lot of really good lessons about empathy going there. And so it was a really good experience overall. And now that I look back, I, I can definitely say that that I saw a ghost, uh, and it was the the theater ghost. So. Um, Basically, what happens is, is this theater ghost shows up before any performance. One way, shape, or form, she'll make her presence known. And she was a former teacher uh, at the school. So, you know, it's that kind of story that kind of overlaps itself. But I had, you know, a drama teacher who told me about uh, in the basement, every room in a theater in downstairs has two doors. There's a way in and a way out really fast. Just, you know, people are in a rush and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And she was, you know, in the bathroom and could hear footsteps come towards uh, the bathroom, come in through one door and out through the other, um, that sort of stuff. You know, another teacher was giving some stage directions and someone tapped her on the shoulder and, you know, she kind of leaned back, you know, keeping her eyes on the, on the stage and someone whispered some advice and then she looked and there was no one there. Oh. You know, those kind of, those kind of like just intriguing stories. Like yeah. it'd be great to to send some ghost hunters in there. I bet you they'd have some fun. So I played third trombone in my uh, concert band and uh, also later my jazz band there too. And and I loved every minute being the third trombone. I had a lot of rests, but (laughs) I was always bopping up and down in my seat. And my friend uh, who had the the haunted house uh, and was helping me with my math and my chemistry and everything else, she played bass clarinet, clarinet just a ways up. So I'm kind of at the edge of the second row and she would be up kind of at the edge. Sorry, I'd be at the third row. She'd be the second row kind of on the far end. So I'm the first one out uh, the back of the theater through a hallway called the crossover, which is that kind of back wall, the hallway behind there um, for anyone who doesn't know their theater uh, stuff. So you kind of go back behind the stage. And as you round the bend into the crossover, you can also look down to the stairs that that spiral down into the basement. And distinctly, there was a person standing right there. But they were, you know, I guess like 
in my memory again i was what like 17 years old so this is 20 20 ish year old information but i i recall it was a, a person standing there but they were you know they were opaque enough to see but sort of kind of fuzzy not really not really a thing and so i turned and was kind of made no thought to it because i had i had to lead the line and i kept going and my friend ends up going through that same area and she ends up breaking the line and runs up uh, with bass clarinet in hand. So this had to be serious. She grabbed me on the shoulder and said, she's at the end of the hall. Oh my God, did you see that? Oh wow! Um, and then, so we then told uh, our drama teacher who had told us many of those stories and she's like, well, welcome to the club. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've, you've seen her too. So yeah, that was that I can say, you know, thinking back and, and, you know, when I kind of walked away from all of this sort of stuff, you know, that story never really fully left, but I often think, you know, like, well, it's confirmation bias, you know, kids are going to be kids and all this sort of stuff, but you can only do that for so long. And I do think that actually what we're, what we're dealing with on whatever the other side or whatever this is, is actually, Soraya had a guy on just recently that kind of talked about two universes and, and that, that one is metaphysical and, and like one is like, like subjective and objective kind of thing. One is material and one is amaterial kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and, and there is interconnection and inter, interlapping. I really like that. Um, and I don't know if that's true, but I think that, you know, again, was I seeing, you know, ghosts like a theater ghost? Was I seeing lights in the sky that I couldn't explain? Uh, and those are aliens. And then did I see my deceased brother or am I, or has he just joined whatever that was? And then whatever that was, came to talk to me mm-hmm. to tell me that, you know, he's good kind of thing, right. but it's going to do it through the way I'm going to perceive it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person in grief, right? I'm, I want to hear from my brother. I want to see him. I, I want to know he's okay. Right. I mean, he spent so much of his life suffering that, you know, it's gotta be, there's gotta be, you know, something, you know, like, I mean, imagine, you know, just, just that would be it. And, and that kind of makes you worried like, Oh, well, am I, am I being irrational or something like that? And I'm kind of like, no, it's actually something that's kind of been with me all my life, but it's really easy to kind of break away from that and become detached from that. And I think we can derive a lot of meaning from our life if we just sort of acknowledge the other and acknowledge that it's there. And the more you acknowledge it, the more it's going to make itself known. I think so. I, I spent a lot of time in the woods, Tim, and I didn't see a single thing <laughs> uh, in the mountains uh, in, my, in my lovely country, and I wasn't able to, to see anything, but I, I took your book with me. And I actually, no, I did see a Bigfoot. It was a trailer uh, <laughs> called Bigfoot. And I remember thinking at that moment, maybe that's my Bigfoot. Maybe that's the Bigfoot I have to report to Tim. Uh, and maybe that's the other giving you the gears a little bit is what I'm thinking that... Uh, here I took I took where the footprints ended with, with me and, and all that sort of stuff, thinking you know okay I'm going to be ready for something and by golly it pulled up right next to my campsite man. <laughs> yeah, well I think back to that uh, random not experience that Allison and I had where you know we we're in town and I said you know give me something to do with the wild man and uh, we go up and we see that symbol spray painted on the building. And that's all we found. When, right. When, and then I get home and she's scrolling through her Instagram feed and she says, look at this. And it's a wild man literally holding that symbol. <laughs> and it's just like, well, there you go. I mean, sometimes it gives it to you in ways you don't expect. Yeah, no, it really does. I mean, I think I think there there has to be, you know, if the trickster has anything to do with that 
whatever is on the other side of the veil. Um, I mean, it's it's good to know that on that side they've got a sense of humor too, right? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it can get real dark, you know. Some, sometimes it's playful, and I enjoy that. And you know, ironic and and surprising is fine. But uh, I don't understand all the time. I don't always understand why it takes a turn for the dark. Um, yeah, and 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 ominous, and you know, if 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 it could be more playful more um more of those wow moments i don't mind the wow moments like i said i don't mind the surprising and the wow and the and so forth but i'm i'm troubled by how it can go on the turn of a dime you know just just dark all of a sudden and and just really ominous and and very much uh somewhere i don't want to be you know i agree and and i think you have to be aware and very okay with that because the impression that i'm getting now last night i'm my the my deck um where i did see kind of that weird glowing light uh pass over and had to hand bomb my one dog in at this time of year actually you can see orion and then draw the straight line down from the belt and see sirius right Mm -hmm. there and it's like framed between two spruce trees and last night i was thinking about this conversation we were going to have and the impression I got from just me kind of meditating on that, standing outside, just letting the darkness of the night kind of take me a little bit, you know, I kind of get a little maybe personally poetic in that sense. Uh, The thought in my head said, you want me, you get me, but you get all of me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the point is, you know, like in any relationship, we need to take the good with the bad. And I think that's what that's what the big part is, is it can get dark because I think so can we. I think we have so much darkness in us and so much light in us. And it's a matter of balancing that. But you're right, Tim, it's it's never good when it starts getting freaky, because I think we're also dealing with things that are way beyond our ability to comprehend what their plans are for us. And that can get really scary. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the thing that gives me pause. And it's that not knowing when it's going to go that way. You know, uh, to go back to the the raccoon attack, which I probably talk about too much, but it was <laughs> it was just stunning because it was so freaky. It was so freaky, and it felt so dark. Like it wasn't just an animal attack. I, I am a thousand percent certain of that. There was so much else woven into that. It just felt again. It you, like you talk about that weird staticky feeling mm-hmm. that there just it just felt oppressive and like I couldn't shake it, and I couldn't shake it for a long time. And like I said before, I know, like, you know, I broke the rules, quote unquote, as far as folklore goes. But uh, still, that was, uh, you know, I could have used a a lesson, maybe, maybe not so hard. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. And I guess like, that's kind of where I'm at right now is thinking about that statement um, that I kind of, you know, was produced in my head, either by myself or just sort of me trying to connect to whatever unconscious is out there. Um, You know, like I've kind of researched a little bit of tarot to kind of get an understanding for it. And I've, mm-hmm. I've, you know, kind of popped into a few more, you know, podcasts and stuff and, and whatnot, but I'm, I'm just sort of realizing that whatever medium you choose to use with it, you need to be protected. You need to be safe. You know, it's like, it's like you dive with a, with an oxygen tank, you, you jump with a parachute, you mm-hmm. hike with bear spray where I'm from at least you just do those sorts of things. And so I think that's my, my next kind of goal is to, is to find ways to better be in control 
if yeah. I'm to commune with whatever's out there. Um, I'm actually been fascinated by just the stories from people um, who who you speak to all the time. Um, every single person who who I've listened to has had a really interesting story to tell, and it's helped me better understand my own. I, I wouldn't have been able to do it without hearing all of those other stories. Yeah, um, yeah. That, I mean, yeah. that's certainly one of the reasons we do it. And the biggest help for me was probably after talking to Brother Richard, actually, and him just saying, like, to vastly paraphrase, I'm sure he said it much more eloquently than I will, but basically, if you go out afraid and thinking you're going to get darkness, you're kind of putting that out there and... Not that it's necessarily going to happen then, but you you sort of put yourself in that headspace. And since that point, I will say that things have been different. Like, I I just approach things differently uh, when I'm out there. I don't go out there so much with the expectation of, you know, dark things will happen. And things have been have been better. Let's say that when, 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 when we go out on, on that stuff, but uh, I am still aware at any time. It's like, I just, there's that just nagging feeling like things can go south. When Chad and I were, we did our solstice hike and we were on the top of that mountain and it takes a long time up and a long time down. It's very, very rocky. It's almost, it's almost like rock climbing in places. You, you know, it's very, very slow going. Yeah. And we're up on top of that, you know, it's midnight and all of a sudden here come the weird lights and the realization that like we're not getting out of here fast. <laughs> if there's if if we got to go, you know, it's it's a long time getting down. In for a penny, in for a pound. Now, yeah, right? <laughs> like, yeah. So you just my heart just sinks a little bit. Just okay, lights I can handle. I can deal with lights. I've seen the lights before. Let's just you know make sure it, or hope that it doesn't it doesn't get any worse. So you and I handle the paranormal. It sounds like I handle um, pre-flight to pre-flight instructions and just before i embark on a roller coaster ride (laughs) okay okay i'm gonna go through a few things here i'm gonna feel a few feelings i I think so yeah yeah anymore it's just uh i you know and it honestly it depends on the night some nights i'm i'm gung-ho some nights i'm like let's go for it and uh other nights i'm just like i'm just not feeling it tonight but it's it's literally my job now so (laughs) yeah (laughs) gotta push through that your opening story reminds me of a wonderful quote, which I, again, I never get right. It's, uh, it was Whitley Strieber's wife, Anne, who at some point was talking about the gray phenomenon. And uh, she wrote something that said, basically, again, I'm paraphrasing, uh, I'm not sure what this is, but it has something to do with death. And... Uh, the fact that you you have this you know possible gray experience uh your partner wakes you up you go out and then you have this contact with your brother it just really resonates with that statement yeah yeah uh, i mean I, I i associate um grays with a lot of kind of i mean they fit folklore so well too right like mm-hmm. as kind of the fairy folk or, or even kind of as pan pan itself right the the as far as i understand and correct me anyone if i'm wrong <laughs> But yeah, the idea of life and death does kind of come up. And that's something that I, I was sort of kind of wondering if, if there was some sort of harbinger. Are they harbingers of bad things? Are they harbingers of death? I've also heard that they can represent sort of a shamanic experience. And I mm-hmm. by no means think that that, was, that would be correct. So I would say in this case, I think that's, that's maybe probably the best explanation for them. I've heard so far <laughs> is, yeah. that, is that they were just there to kind of be the machinery to get me to my brother. Yeah. 
Well, I, I had nothing good to say about them until my most recent experience, which I think that was on a patron show. I talked about it, but they were they were very um, almost silly. I mean, I was almost laughing at them, and it was a very different experience. And I thought, well, if that's what you're going to give me, I'll take that. You know, <laughs> I don't like the idea of of them, you know, controlling me in any sense. And this, they were just there, and they were just yeah. they were just sort of uh, doing almost like a ritual dance or something weird they're, they're almost they're in very in like the the i guess the impression that i got from them was very invasive they're very invasive they're very like like i didn't have to look to know they were there i guess mm-hmm. yeah. i just had the impression they were there yeah and, and that ugh. was <laughs> the whole series of of events when when i i was in college and I'm kind of working up to the point where i actually saw them that whole series of events Often I would wake up and I would know something was there, and this is before you know I, I read or saw any anything about greys, but I would know something was there, and that was uh, very very <laughs> yeah. I just did not like that at all. Just to to no. know like I knew something was there, I couldn't move, and and uh, it was it was uh, I don't know if it's better when I saw them. I don't think it was necessarily, but uh, in any case, I know that sort of invasive feeling. You're just like they're there, you know. Yeah. No but I question. guess you need that, right? I mean, it's it's kind of that, like, all of the parts make the whole, right? And, mm-hmm. and you're talking about the darkness and the light. I mean, it, it needs to be there to, to, I guess, help. You know, so when they do do something more, you know, flamboyant or fun, like like a dance, or, or you know, they're maybe a little more comical or, or anything along those lines, you can definitely appreciate it more. I, I, hope, they, I hope they stick to a trend. <laughs> if that's the case, it would be nice. Uh, I could use a laugh. Yeah, yeah, that, definitely. If you want to share your podcast, you're welcome to. It's really outside of um, the realm of anything. Um, you know, we talk very much science and politics. Um, it's called Politrex, um, P-O-L-I-T-R-E-K-S. And uh, my my dear friend Shashank, um, he and I talk about Star Trek. We've we've sort of fallen on some hard times, uh, and it does actually stem directly from me losing a few family members and stuff over the last little while. So we've uh, pod faded a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, we have aims to get back. We've got a, a friend of ours in Australia who's going to join us. Uh, so we really represent the Commonwealth very well. I'm I'm from Canada. Shashank's from India, and our friend Jamie's from Australia. And uh, I don't know where they stand uh, spiritually in that sense either. I mean, it doesn't really come up um, right, right. Among, among most Star Trek-y folk. <laughs> so. Yeah, but that's kind of a, like for Star Trek to have people spread across the world like that, talking about it, that's actually very Star Trek, right? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we all, and we all meet at like one big convention in Las Vegas every year. It actually just got canceled completely. Today is the day it died. Um, mm. It'll never come back. I mean, something oh. else will take its place. But sure, yeah, yeah. no, it's a, it's a, it's a lovely, lovely community of people, and and it's it's fun. And there's so many other like, I mean, if you ever just want to hear people geek out and and talk about stuff, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, ones you can check out. Uh, definitely out there. So you know, if you if you ever want to take a 
I mean, I don't know. To some degree, Star Trek talks about wooey stuff. Like, I mean, that's the thing is that you think back to like a number of episodes that I will not tire everyone with, but like, there's a lot of like Beverly Crusher kisses a ghost and and stuff. And, you know, people come back from the dead and, you know, Deep Space Nine is all about like, are they wormhole aliens or are they the prophets, right? It's, uh, yeah, I mean, there actually is a very deep spiritual side to Star Trek that uh, I think sometimes gets forgotten. It kind of gets outshined by our, our cousins, the Star Wars folk with their, the force right right and well yeah and well the the sci-fi stuff is shiny you know the the phasers and the and the teleportation and the spaceships it's it's very shiny stuff you know it's very very easy to get uh, enthralled with that absolutely and i I think that's what drew us in as kids right like that's that's the stuff but uh very very cool so uh, where can they find your podcast um just at politrex um on twitter is typically where you can find it we're part of a larger network called the Trek Geeks, and they've got uh, just a whack of different shows. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, shop around. There's there's a lot to talk about and a lot to see. And uh, some of us are, are talking about ghosts uh, on that now because that's what I'm going to try to do is be like, hey, guys, we, we can talk about let's talk about ghosts because there's a whole bunch of ghost episodes and maybe I can share uh, some stories that way. But I, I really appreciate you letting me talk on here. I feel it's a little more um, I, might, I might get some I, I feel a lot better talking to you about this to start it's been, well it's, been it's chat. you know certainly an amazing story and you know you had told me the story via email and the power of it didn't come through to hear it in person is uh very very powerful and it's it's quite a wonderful story so thank you for sharing definitely well thank you so much for having me There are now 61 patron episodes. If you sign up to become our patron, you get 61 episodes right away. Those are full episodes of Strange Familiars. We do at least one more every month for our patrons, so there'll be more patron episodes all the time. Patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. You can sign up for a monthly rate. You can sign up for a year. And there are all different levels there with different kinds of things. T-shirts, stickers, pins, and more. Check it out, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. There's no way we could have done 200 episodes without help from our patrons, and it is with our patrons' help that we will hopefully get to 300. We are always coming up with new stuff for our patrons and new content and discounts. We can offer on stuff here and there. Again, that's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you want to help us out and you don't like the idea of a subscription like Patreon, you can make a one-time donation if you go to the show notes under any episode at strangefamiliars.com. Look for that paypal.me link. You can make a one-time donation there. Everyone can help, of course, by sharing the show on social media, by liking and subscribing wherever you're listening, and by leaving us those nice five-star reviews, which helps get the show in front of new potential listeners. I know what this is. It is a 
gem tintype, which I know because just being around you, it's, <laughs> it's not some kind of knowledge I gained outside of Allison. I wouldn't have known that. I've heard you talk about things being like eighth plate. Yeah, gem tintypes are sort of out of the realm of that. Like they're much smaller than even the smallest hard plates, which are like 16th plates. So these are just tiny. I mean, that's why they call them gem. They're just tiny, tiny, tiny little photographs that would have been perfect to set inside of jewelry or just to have a more convenient, tiny sized photo. I find them incredibly charming. Just they really you know, anything just, tiny is is, yeah. is is cool. And these, I mean, so, it's less than an inch. It's yeah, they're usually like about three quarters by a quarter or so. Mm-hmm. This one is housed in a, a CDV, so sort of like a calling card sized mat. So the overall effect is that it's a little bit larger, but the actual picture is quite small. And this is of a little boy, which I thought might be appropriate for this week's episode. And he has a little embossed um, laurel wreath design around the mat that surrounds him. This would have been Civil War era, so there's always sort of a, the potential mourning and memorial component of these pictures. Well, he's dead now. Yeah, pretty much everyone <laughs> I've ever featured on the show is dead now. Yeah, he would have been born probably late 1850s or early 1860s, so yeah. I mean, we talk about these antique photos every week, but think about that. Like, sometimes I have to, like, sit back. Well, yeah, like, I'm holding something that's 150 years old. Yeah, Yeah, and, like, an image of what this person looked like. Yeah, 140 years old or something. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Photo of the week, gem tintype boy. In the show notes, you can see an image of that. You can click on that. It should take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this and other photos of the week. Also in our Etsy shop, of course, is my new art book, Apparitions. Still have copies of that. Makes a great Christmas present. <laughs> For a certain kind of person. <laughs> hey, if you listen to this show, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it makes a great Yeah, Christmas. I think it would make a good Christmas present. It's also original artwork in there. There's copies of my other books, some of my music and so forth. Strange Familiar's t-shirts with the Awoken Tree logo on them. It's Etsy shop name, Lost Grave. There's links in the show notes. If you type in Strange Familiar's, our stuff should come up. Speaking of t-shirts, Public stuff is on sale again. Oh, they're gearing up. Every, I think it's every Wednesday through Friday in November, they're having sales. But then they're going to have some other sales throughout as well. So I, literally, I think most of the of November, Tee Public is on sale. I just ordered a Flannel Man t-shirt for myself. I didn't have I one. know, I felt like that was overdue. I love these Tee Public shirts. I think they're using Bella Canvas Blanks, which are really nice t-shirts. And I love the fit, and I've been wearing this one for too long. I'm going to have to actually wash it. <laughs> <laughs> or instead, you could use Karmic Garden's Strange Familiar scent. <laughs> we have a Strange Familiar store at Tee Public. You can find our designs there. I just added the Where Did the Rogo designs as well. If you purchase the Where Did the Rogo designs from our shop, Sarai still gets paid, so don't worry about that. He still makes as much money as if you buy them from the Where Did the Rogo shop. Just thought I'd add them to ours. People might pick them both up. I think most of the designs... The Word of the Rogue designs are, are mine. Anyway, Jeff Ritzman did some great designs, too. I just mm-hmm. I added them all to the, the Strange Familiar shop on Public. If you just type in Strange Familiars, our shop should come up. There's also links in the show notes, of course, to our Public shop. And before we go, I want to mention our friends at Karmic Garden. 
etsy.com slash shop slash karmic garden and if you look up strange familiars their strange familiar soap comes up now too yes it's a spectral blue yes i'm not sure if they've added the blue soap or not but but future strange familiar soaps should be blue trusted remedies made from mother nature soaps scented sanitizers natural cleaners candles beard balm and more check them out that's karmic garden etsy.com slash shop slash karmic garden that's everything for now we'll be back soon with another episode of strange familiars Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. DarkHollerArts.com. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. Go to StoneBreath.BandCamp.com for more. We are on Facebook, Facebook.com slash StrangeFamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars gathering group, and we are on Instagram at StrangeFamiliars. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.